Welcome, 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 and thank you again for tuning in to another Bar Talks podcast. This is your girl, Queenie, and today I'm excited because we are talking with the amazing Miss Molly Dryden Mason of Molly Teams. I know I probably jacked that up, but guess what? She is an amazing spirit, and I'm just glad to have her here on the platform. Thank you, Molly, for stopping by. Oh my gosh, girl, you know I got to come see you. If this is the only way I can see you during this pandemic, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so mm-hmm. glad to have your energy here with me today. Um, look, we are, you know, I've been uh, interviewing people, of course, virtually, because, hey, it's COVID time. But I've been yeah. introducing, I mean, I've been interviewing people like yourself and um, having these conversations surrounding inspiration. Uh, I look at you and, you know, I met you in a professional environment and I used to hear you talk about housing needs and and, um, discrepancies and discrimination and laws and all this stuff. And you would just, I mean, captivate a room. You command this space and you know your stuff. And I was like, that lady is a great lecturer. Like, I wish I could be like her. You know, I would literally sit there and just be captivated by your presence. You're beautiful. You were strong. Uh, You made no apologies when you showed up into a room. Uh, You know, you just had, if I can, for lack of a better term, you had your shit together and you knew that. (laughs) And, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I mean, I loved it when I was working in housing, which I am now working in housing again, but working in housing and you're the woman that just stuck out every time I went to conference. So uh, yes. with that being said, I have to ask you that greatness that I see in girl, everybody that knows how they work in housing, they know of you and we all say the same stuff. So I would like to know just um, as you as a, as a human, you're, you're, I see it in your life, throughout your life. I see it on your social media. I see it every time I talk with you. You visited Bar Talks before. Um, I know you're very passionate. Uh, you're, you're just an amazing spirit. But I want to know if you could share with us a person, place, or thing that has inspired you to that greatness. Person, place, or thing. For me, uh, people. Yes. And uh, the, they're the women in my life. The first three women I met in my life. My mother, Muriel B. Dryden, um, and my grandmother, Louise Brathway, and my aunt, Violet Brathway Hibbert. <clears throat> These women were strong. These women were my role models. My mom, as I was telling you earlier, had been one of the women that decided that rather than start a family, she was going to get a career. Mm -hmm. So she became a bookkeeper, enhanced all her secretarial skills, and she was in the the clubhouse working and did not get married until age 33 and proudly as a virgin. Yes. Which is amazing because back then you considered them old Yes. What, the old spinsters, old yes. maids? Yes. But my mom wasn't in a hurry. I was born to her at age 36. Yes. So it was a while. And I, I, you know, I have to say, I told my mother I was the best, best sperm. <laughs> <laughs> she had a boy before me and a boy after me. Oh. But neither one of them made it. I made it. 
So, in excuse me, in in making it, I feel like God put me here for a reason. And if I don't use what He's given me, then I've wasted His time. I've wasted my mother's time. I've wasted my grandmother's time. I've wasted my aunt's time. In instilling in me what a woman should be and how a woman should act. Oh, I love that, Molly. Thank you. I love that, Molly. I love that. So you had the um, privilege of growing up with um, a community of sorts, the three strong women. Um, and obviously they were leaders. And uh, so, I mean, that's something to live up to. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's, I had a unique growing up, up to age. I believe it was eight Okay. Because my grandmother lived in one apartment, my mother lived next door to her, my aunt lived next door to my mother, so we were all three side by side. Goodness, okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it wasn't like you could get away with anything, because they all know what you did. Yeah. So they all kept you in, 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 in your place. Mm-hmm. But um, I want you to know that at age two, my mother went into the hospital after having my baby brother. And unfortunately, the doctor that was doing her hysterectomy after she lost him, cut into her kidneys. And my mother was in the hospital for two years. Goodness. Those two years, I depending on, on other women too, there were the big nurses, kind of plump nurses in the <laughs> hospital that would hide me behind them and sneak me in to see my mother. But I want you to know that every birthday and every Easter, my mother made my clothes by hand in the hospital. So even during that time that I missed her, she wasn't awake. I still had my aunt and my grandmother. Now, why is grandma so important? Excuse me, I have this (laughs) allergies yeah, I, I understand. Um, grandma worried about me being her only, the only child for my mother. Mm-hmm. She worried about me because her mother died at an early age. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she prayed for is that no other woman would have to raise me but my mother. Wow. So every Thursday, other women that influenced my life the Silva was born the same day as I was, and she thought I was her baby. She could never have children, had never been married. And this woman would kiss my feet every time she saw me. She would take my shoes and socks off and kiss my feet every time she saw me. And Auntie Lucas was not our auntie, but she was a great friend to my grandmother. So she was like an aunt, and she was the coolie looking lady with the pretty wavy black hair and I used to lay in her hair. She had no teeth. And girl, she could eat an apple with no teeth. You hear me? So grandma every Thursday would have these women over and this little black baby would be sitting on my high yellow grandma's lap. And she would say, Lord, please let Muriel come out of the hospital to take care of this baby girl, that she would be protected. And I want you to know that that was my first lesson about God. Because my mother came out of the hospital in time for Thanksgiving that year, and my grandmother died 
December 4th that year. Yes. My goodness, my goodness. Wow. But when people say that you can't remember things, that's not true. Yeah. Because I remember those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw the power of God. Mm -hmm. So when people, <clears throat> when I talk about God, I'm not fanatically talking about him. I'm talking about him from the experiences I have seen. Mm -hmm. And um, so grandma left and I was left with mom yeah. and auntie. And auntie. Now, auntie, you <laughs> talk about a spirit. Auntie taught me how to be a mother-in-law nice. and a mother. Okay, all right. <laughs> auntie told us the story about her and Daddy George. And now, that's the one man I can tell you in my life, that's my man. Yeah. I know my co is my cousin's father, but that's the man that influenced me as a man. Yeah. But she was telling us that one day her and Daddy George had a disagreement and he raised his voice. And Auntie said to him, George, we are not going to have this discussion in front of my children. If you want to argue with me, we will walk to the park. Let me just say, the walk to the park was not just across the street. Okay. It was a walk to the park. <laughs> right. Okay. At least a mile and a half, maybe two down the road. Right. He said, you want to argue? We go to the park and we'll argue, but we will not argue in front of these children. Right. Well, by the time you get to the park, you forgot what you're arguing about. <laughs> so, yeah. honey, they were married for 60 some years. Goodness. And my aunt and her husband still dance on Saturday night. They turn on the stereo. Yeah. They dance on Saturday night. They still walk hand in hand. They kissed each other all the time. She taught me how to be a wife, mm -hmm. a mother. And when it comes to being a mother-in-law, my aunt would always say, my children chose who they wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My cousin... She told the story of my cousin not talking to his wife one day. And my aunt caught him on the side and said, if there's something going on in your house, no one, not even me, needs to know. You respect and honor your wife, especially around others, because no one needs to be in your business. Girl, I was born and raised around wisdom. Tell me yeah, about yeah. it. woman was strong. You hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Auntie Devi also taught me how to deal with death. Mm, okay. Because when I saw her in 2011, when Andesha graduated, we went back. And she, was, she wanted to see her auntie. She loved her auntie, let me tell you. And I walked in and I said, Auntie Bai, how you doing, baby? And she said, oh, yeah, between, oh, Lord, and thank God. That was one of the good sayings. <laughs> and I said, okay. She said, but I get up every day and I wonder why I'm still here. Yeah. And I said, maybe it's not your time. And she said, well, I'm ready anytime now. <laughs> and it, it broke my heart and I cried for hours. I couldn't stop. Ralph was like, he didn't that he didn't know what to do with me when auntie died yeah but i cried because this was the one person that 
no matter what I was in, no matter what program I was chosen for, she was there. She was my cheerleader. Yeah. You know, she was, and she taught me so much. She spanked me too, don't worry, girl. Uh-huh, I can imagine. Because <laughs> listen, you feisty now, I know you were feisty young. That didn't just happen. <laughs> they, they said I, I talked before I walked. Does that say anything? Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they called me the wall walker because I held on to the wall and I walked. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, I would tell everybody. <laughs> I love it, Molly. Okay, so listen, I have a second question for you. Uh, I've I've asked everyone these same questions, and I'd love to hear the information. So um, if you could share with uh, the listeners and myself one of the most rewarding things that you have learned along your journey, um, this thing called life, like one of the most rewarding things that you've learned, if you could just share just a little bit of that with us. Mm. You're gonna make me cry. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know the song Love is Better the Second Time Around? Love is Better the Second Time Around. Let's see who's that by. Is that be, is that before my time, Molly? No, not before your time. You were you were young when 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 it's um Okay, who's the artist? Um it's actually a a a, a, a what you call it, a um Jackson. Second time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know okay. what that is. Yes, okay, yeah. <clears throat> it oh, is. Yeah. It Uh-oh. is. Uh-oh. 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 I think the biggest hope. lesson I learned was to give love a, a chance. Oh. And had I not given love a chance, I would have missed out on the best man in the world. It's oh. so bad that even now, I still talk about him. I still walk with him. I still think about him every day. Yeah. Ralph Mason came into my life when I was angry at men. Mm. And he said, I will be different. I said, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Just like all the others, you say what you want to say to get what you want to get. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and his words to me was, I can't tell you what's gonna happen five, 10, 15 years from now. But one thing I will guarantee you is that I will be with you. And I would love you and I would treasure you and I would take care of you. Losing him was a lesson that I don't wish on anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But I give God thanks that he also taught me to take every day and make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And that when I love people, because he used to have the habit of saying, what would you do without me, baby? <laughs> I said, damn it now, Ralph. Yeah. Now you know what I'm doing without you. Yeah. But he was the one, and one one of the things he said was, you know, baby, I know you've been hurt, but I'm not the one that hurt you. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep your focus on, you know, what the real problem is and address that problem. Right. And he gained that trust. So I know that there are good men out there. Yeah. And for anybody that's looking, sometimes they don't come the way you want them. Okay. 
they come the way God wants you to have them. Yeah. But yeah. you have to open your mind, your eyes, your ears, your nose, everything. Yes. Everything yes. Yes. To understand, you can't just and and fear is a a, a thing that will keep us from experiencing so many beautiful but even some of my friends in the beginning when Rafa and I started dating they said girl you know he gonna hurt you right but he made a liar out of them because everything he told me he was gonna do he did he did so trusting you know and, and it's still now it's 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 still tough but I'm trying to open myself yeah. <laughs> yes of course Yes, I see your love story. I get to watch it from afar. I'm yeah. living vicariously through you. Oh, there you got your stuff going on. Don't play. Go no, you, play. you, you, you give me hope. I get to find um, love again uh, in its most authentic and honest form. Um, you know, love shows up and be in all types of, of masks, right? Yeah. Um, but in its true, authentic form, I've yet to find it again. But hearing you say that um, is beautiful and it speaks to me. So I, I do have hope in those that are listening that haven't found love yet um, or haven't found it again. Uh, I hope they're touched by what you just shared. You just have to be honest. When one of the things that we did, well, I did, I decided in my thir- late 30s, I fake no more. Oh, Hello? Say that again. I fake no more. I love it. If it ain't right, it ain't right. I'm not going to play. I don't have to be mean, but I don't play. So I said to, to him, number one, go get a full test, you know. Yes. Go check up. Mm-hmm. Get mine, you get yours. We're gonna be, we're gonna be right. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to be open-minded. Because yeah. you don't know me yet, and I don't know you yet. So you got to tell me what makes you happy, and I got to tell you what makes me happy. You got to be ready to do what I say make me happy. Yes. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I know. By the way, I want more children. That's what I told him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, "No problem." I will be the father of your children. I said, okay, as long as we understand that. I said, because I don't have time to play. I'm in my late 30s. If I'm going to do this, it has to be right. Because usually when we get into relationships, we get into relationships with a picture in our minds. And relationships aren't Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. Relationships will get up. If you fight, you piss me off. <laughs> She's just fighting on me, and I don't want to hear that this early in the freaking morning. <laughs> so can you cut it out? <laughs> or are you chewing, and I hear you smacking your lips, and this is not the time for me to hear. So one of the things I told Ralph, I said, understand something. My job is not to throw sunshine up your ass. Yes. Yes. I am going to be me. So if you can accept me for who I am, we good. And he said, yes, I can. Oh, okay. We'll see. He did. He did. He did. Oh, my God. Molly, how long were you, got, how long were you married? 
um, I was mad when he passed. I was mad sixteen years. Wow. I was mad, but we had lived together. Yeah. Girl, I told him I wasn't getting married to you. Right. <laughs> I said this this divorce thing is for the birds. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not playing any games. You don't have to marry me. We just can live together. He said, I am going to make you an honest woman. I say, I'm honestly telling you, I don't want to get married. <laughs> no, he was, he was sneaky. Yeah. He asked me to marry him on Christmas day in front of all the children. Oh. And then they just said, mommy, I went with daddy and bought your ring. I was like, what? I looked at him, I said, that's dirty. It's dirty. <laughs> I made him wait a whole year, yeah. which is not something that a 40-some-year-old does. Right. But I made him wait a whole year because I wanted to make sure. Yeah. And one of the things that Ralph said to me one day when I jokingly said to him, don't play with me, I'll divorce you. His face went from to... Oh, yeah. We are not playing. We are not playing. You will not divorce me. He said, I don't like psychologists, but if I have to go to a psychologist or, you know, somebody to help us get this thing together, we're going to do whatever it takes for us to stay together. But I love you and I am not going anywhere. Wow. That's beautiful. I was like, oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell you the fun part. What's that? Ralph told me yes for everything. Baby, can I have so-and-so? Yeah, baby, go ahead and get it. Maybe, or I would say, oh, I saw XYZ and it'll show up at the house, right? One day I said to Ralph, you know, I, so, I can't remember what it was I wanted, but something I told him that I wanted. And he looked up from his chair and he said, no. <laughs> I looked at the kids, I was like, did, did I just hear right? Did your daddy just tell me no? He said, this is not the time. No. I said, oh, Lord, baby, you so sexy. Lord, yes! <laughs> I said, say no again. That was sexy. <laughs> it shocked me, but it was a welcoming answer because he showed me that he could also say no to me. And that was a hard thing to say. Mm -hmm. Because remember, I was his queen. Yes. <laughs> and whatever I wanted, the queen got. Right. He told me no. That was sexy, girl. <laughs> for some people, they, that may not be, but for me, that was, oh, Lord. Right. No again, baby. Let's try this again. <laughs> That, oh, yeah. that spoke different. That, that hit different in my spirit. <laughs> I know. I was like, ouch. That shocked me. Ooh, but that was sexy. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, so Molly, lastly, the last question that I have or last ask that I have for this particular series is that if someone opens up what I'm calling my uh, audio time capsule somewhere in time, um, what would you like to leave for them? We are in the middle of this pandemic. We got a lot of, everything is paused. Every, life has changed. 
you know, I, I very being has been altered and impacted. Um, and we honestly have, we've paused and I think we've decided to really reflect on the things that matter most to us. Um, and so there's no greater time in my, in my mind to ask that, you know, you leave something for someone that is going to hear this somewhere in time. Uh, inspiration, uh, encouragement, um, wisdom, whatever you would like to share, please take this time to do so. This pandemic has hit us hard, and I understand. But I do believe everything happens for a reason. I do believe it was time for us to sit down and breathe. Too many things that we have, we didn't need, but we have them because. Too many things that we did, we did because. And then this came and it said, now you got to be in your own house with yourself. Yes. With yourself. <laughs> if you don't like yourself, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time. Okay? Yes. Forget everybody else. You have to be the one to be able to live with you so that others can live with you. It's going to bring out, it's like almost working in skincare again. Mm -hmm. In skincare, you know that if you have acne, you only seen the top part. You haven't seen what's underneath. Right. And as you start to treat the acne, it gets worse before it gets better. Because you have to scrape what was there to get to the new layer. So this pandemic is showing us the ugly that has been there that we have not addressed. I am so tired of some of my white friends who say things like, oh, that happened in the past. Oh my gosh. Well, hello. It's happening, and we're seeing the uglies that have been buried under what we thought was an acne problem that we didn't know we were covered in an epidemic of acne. Yes. So now we're busting them pusses and blackheads coming up, and we can't handle it. Oh, crazy, because they can't put a mask on. Come on, y'all. I go out in the street and I'm seeing black people and, I, and I'm saying, did you not hear the statistics? Did you not see what's going on? And then I see the white folks and they're being ignorant and entitled, thinking that they can do whatever the heck they want to do. This epidemic doesn't care who you are. So, if we are not paying attention, we're not seeing what we need to see. This was the time to clean up, and I've been cleaning up. Sometimes the kids drive me crazy because I clean up and it seems like the shit just come right back. Excuse me. <laughs> right. Shit. It does. I'm right back. It's about <laughs> Okay. They can't understand, but they will also. Like we were talking earlier, mm -hmm. at some point, they're going to have their house. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? I'm visiting. That's right. 
I'm leaving the Kool-Aid glass on the, the, the coffee table with the glass so it can smear the furniture. I'm gonna open the refrigerator and leave the door open. But coming back to the pandemic, our leaders, we get to see. And if you're not paying attention, you get to see who your true leaders are and who we need to have around. We learned that those people that we look down on, and I hate when people act like they're so much better than somebody else, not realizing that they too are one paycheck, in this case, furlough away, and they have nothing, and you're in the same boat as the people that you were looking down. In the housing business, how can you tell somebody this is your right to housing but you do nothing to help them to keep that housing. Housing providers are acting like they are in great condition too. If you're working for the man that owned the property, you are just like anybody else. So if we're not paying attention to see that this is affecting a whole generation of kids, who were disappointed, but I'm hoping that their disappointment is not permanent. I hope that they can understand that they have endured something that none of us have. And when they come out of this, you are bad mother somebody. You know, I feel bad for them. They miss prom and everything. Put your clothes on, have your prom in your house. You know, parents, need to stop whining because when you whine you're making those kids whine yeah yeah instead of allowing them to build resilience in this time yes resilience is they're gonna need it they're gonna need it they're gonna need it yeah. yeah you know it's like come on parents you've been through some bad things yourself and one of the things that i think especially in our community it's great that you make it it's great that you're up there, but you also have to teach your kids. My dad, and I, I talk of my dad because he was the lesson maker. My dad bought my mother everything that was the best. He wasn't a great husband, he wasn't a great father, but he was a great provider. And so my dad bought my mom a Whirlpool washer, and my dad's, you know, that was the time when the people were still ringing that stuff on the top of my mother's washer, washer just washing. Right. Okay. You gotta pull the knob, turn it off. Yeah, but all she had to do, yeah, my, my mother was stuck. She was so, so adamant about having her clothes, the white clothes had to be white, the other clothes had to be clean. So she would stop the washer and wash the necks of the shirts and the arms of the shirts because she said the washers don't know that those places have dirt. Yes, yes. You see what I grew up yeah. with? Okay. So my dad, one day, he, you know, in his infinite um, wisdom, says, it's time for Molly to start washing her clothes. And I say, um, okay. Get your clothes and wash them. So I pick up my clothes, girl. I'm going to the washer. My dad said, where you go? I said, wash my clothes. He said, that's your mother's washer. You go washing the sink. 
Remember the old, I don't know if you remember, they used to make the soap out of the, the, yes. the cow's gut, yes. that light soap. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. I'm, I'm in there just and fussing. Getting me a maid, and my maid to wash my clothes. I don't have to do this prep when I get older. My dad said, at least you'll know the maid did it right. Did you get the wisdom? Yes, 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 of course. At least you will know if she's done it right because you have had to do it. Fast forward, 1978 in Germany. I had no money because my check went back to my mother-in-law in Panama while I was in Germany. I had a three going on four-year-old son and I had a husband. I had three pots, one of them leaked. <laughs> <clears throat> but I could cook my food because I learned to cook from when I was eight years old. I didn't have money to go to the laundromat, so guess what I was doing? Washing clothes in my tub in Germany and hanging them up. That's right. Dry. Yes. And I say that story because that's the way I brought my kids up too. God bless the child that has his own. If you're depending on somebody else, you're going to always depend on somebody else. So when people would say that your girls should find a good husband and get married and uh-uh, uh No, 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 no. My girls need to be educated. They need to buy the first car themselves. They need to get their own apartment themselves and learn to live on their own. And when they get a man, that man would know, I want you, I don't need you. Yeah, the standard will be set. So my choice is to have you in my life. Yes. So these kids today need to be given an opportunity. Like I said, we were talking earlier, sometimes you got to fall your butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you'll get back up and yeah. keep on fighting. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing that, Molly. Um, always wisdom. You're always speaking and teaching. Uh, I, I, again, I know the listeners will be like, who is this? Like, so they're going to be trying to find, you know, <laughs> I have access You're to crazy you. lady. Yeah. I, I think that I have access to you. Um, from the moment we connected, you have just truly been a, it was a blessed connection for me because it was what I wanted when I first met you in that class. And I was just like, I need to have her in my circle. Um, yeah. I, I've always been drawn. I've always been drawn to strong women. Yeah, yeah, me too. Drawn to women that exuded confidence. And when I was a kid, about seven, eight, they were asking in, in my little elementary school who you want to be like. And other than my grandma, because my grandma was everything, I wanted to be like Jane Pittman, AKA, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I, that's who I thought I would grow up and be. Uh, I don't know. I still in my, in my, you know, I'm always like, why did I choose Jane Pittman? But, you know, she exuded strength and she was wise. And I, and I think I just wanted to be an old lady when I was eight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, and Cicely, Cicely Tyson played a good Jane Pittman. I mean, she she just she played it. Did. Yes, and, she brought her and, to and then when I saw uh, Jane Pittman as the real person, Cicely Tyson, I still wanted to be her. Because again, she exuded the strength and mm -hmm. probably still to this day, she's one of my most favorite women to um, to watch. And I haven't had the privilege of meeting her or any of that. But in my mind as a kid, 
that was what I, I thought being a woman was. That's what I saw, you know, her, her in fact, she was regal. Um, she was like a living legacy. And I, again, as a kid, I didn't know. And now I've been blessed to grow up and still see her. And yeah. I, oh, wow, I remember being, you know, writing that down. I wanted to be Jane Pan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so when I see women, um, when I see black women that look like me, um, when I see black women, I can relate to when I hear these authentic stories. Um, and I hear your sharpness and your feistiness, and it comes from a place of love and care and passion. Uh, I honor that space, and I always want to kind of connect to that. Um, just kind of that thing, you know? <laughs> and you, you are powerful. Let me tell you, I watch you on Facebook. Oh. You Look, when you sweating out there, I'm like, damn, I need to be able I'm gonna have to drive up there one day, you know. And and you you're an inspiration. Keep on doing it, you know, because I'm telling you, you're getting through to many. When you when you challenge us with those those questions, oh, ooh, yes, <laughs> especially the dudes, man, they be getting all mad and stuff. It's like, why you mad? Just answer the question. It's all right. I'm obviously not there to make friends, right? It seems like I'm not, but honestly, it's just to um, to, to bring us out of our comfort zone. That's right. Um, just being so, um, you know, one-dimensional in our thinking. Um, there's so many things out here that's going on, and I, you know, I do. I like to challenge people, but it allows me to challenge myself because I get to hear right. this perspective, and I, you know, I have to take that in, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, I'm glad that you know that I'm offering something that um, you know that you can use or anyone else. Can. A lot, a lot, a lot. Don't don't worry. That's why you're the queen. Oh my goodness! Look, that's so much pressure. <laughs> hey, you're handling it well. You, you know, know, and and, so and it just shows. It it just testifies to what they've said about our melanin queens. We shine. Yeah. Sharp, powerful. Yeah. You know, and look now, we got the Stacey Adams. Yes. <laughs> so my favorite person was Nina Simone. Of course, Mahalia Jackson was a powerful lady there. And I'm so glad I'm named after her. Yes, yes. You know? And I mean, it's just an array of these beautiful melanin queens that I lift. Angela Angela Davis was my girl. I, I had my fro and my... I know, that's my, right. I, I was all with Angela Davis, okay? <laughs> you know, Eartha Kitt. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Eartha Kitt, she was like the, the, the woman that never got old to me. I was, no. You know, so we have so many beautiful role models that we can emulate that we should not even be thinking about pleasing somebody yeah just because yes honey yes 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 um i have to make sure i go back and say that i love the the um what was it you said i will not fake it i will not fake it i'm too old to fake it girl look i'm gonna live that and i'll tell you I, i may put it on a shirt i will give you credit if i do Put it on the shirt. Send me one. I will not fake it. Um, Fake it. Goodness, that is, uh, you know, I I think I needed to hear that because I spoke my truth the other day um, to someone uh, because I observed behaviors that I know for a fact would be problematic for me. 
Yes. Without apology, apology, I just said, this is what I see and it cannot go any further in my life. Yes. Um, now, I could have faked it and just looked over it and, you know, tried to be not... I've gotten to a place, Molly, where I can't. I just, I just can't. I... <laughs> because you're going to only fake it for but a little bit and then after a while, it's going to get on your last nerve. Absolutely. So if you don't talk about it and if your partner isn't willing to speak about it without getting offended, lately it's kind of like crazy that people get, you know, it's, it's scary. They shoot people because they mad. Yes, yes. What is wrong with us? I don't know. No is no. No is no. Yes. And no is next opportunity. So if I say no, go to the next one. I ain't mad no at you. Next opportunity. Y'all hear that? No is next opportunity. Yeah, next <laughs> opportunity. Next. <laughs> Come on, next. Not you neither. Next. <laughs> you know, I mean, you gotta be real. We fake too much. Too many. We do things to please other people. In pleasing people, we don't please ourselves. And then we sit back and we wonder why we're so angry at everybody else. You know, my kids would tell you, and, and they, they say, you know, you how you have those parents that are at the program and they're like, oh, little Timmy and Timmy not doing what everybody else is supposed to be doing and participating. And the mommy's like, oh, Timmy, you were just great. I'm the parent that goes, what the hell was wrong with you? You up there acting a fool, embarrassing me like that? Come on now. <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry. It is better to be honest. Yes. And it's not, I'm not talking about crude. Right, right, right. Okay. Right. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yes. But if you won't get mad because I'm trying to do say or do something that is going to be better for us, then maybe you got to step. That's right. That is so true. That is truth. That is truth. Okay, Molly. Um, we have got to get ready to wrap this up. But with okay, I don't want to wrap it up without you sharing because I know I know people are going to want to know who is that lady talking all that mess on that podcast. Y'all got to get to know this lady. <laughs> Um, I know you have a catering company, uh, amongst other things, but will you share where people can find your uh, catering company? Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, and uh, yeah, and, and leave us kind of a, uh, a little trail that we can go out there in social media world and, and find you. Sure. I started cooking at age eight. Loved it. I love to feed people. So when, you know, I became a wife and I started traveling. I would always have, I love having parties. Girl, I love, I can throw a party. You, you hear me? I love it, me too. Love having parties. Love having people around. Love my fans. <laughs> but you got to eat when you come to my party. So mm -hmm. the food is from one end of the table to the next. Mm -hmm. So in doing so, people kept asking about it. So I created Molly's Tings. And it's M-A-L-L-Y apostrophe S. And I do the backlash. Not the backlash, the forward slash. Um... And um, things is the T apostrophe I-N-G-S because we in the Caribbean, we don't say things. It takes too much time to say that. So we just said a thing. <laughs> and the thing is that when you eat Molly's food, it just make you want to smack everybody around. Hello. From your fried ribs to your curry goat, to your oxtail, I can make it. And for 
folks like Miss Miss Queenie here. She is into the veg. Yes. I can hook some vegetables up to make it seem like you're eating meat and you don't even know it. Oh my goodness. We also make a very good pepper sauce. And my pepper sauce comes in different heats. Mm-hmm. So I have from your habaneros to your scotch bonnets to your ghost, your scorpion, uh, your brim reaper with is the Carolina Reaper. I make a fabulous one called Honey I'm Hot. It's made with local honey and it's spicy. It's great for your wings. I also bake cakes and I decorate them. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, and, and right now I'm working on a cake for one of my, my, my babies. Tomorrow is her 10th birthday, so I'm working on that cake also. But um, it's a passion that I have had from when I was young and I just do it on the side. So if you're having like a wedding, a birthday party, and you want real food, and food that doesn't run out unless your people do real greedy. Right. <laughs> Call us. I can do it all for you, including bartenders and everything. Oh my goodness. Yes. When we do weddings, we do everything. We get the bartenders, we get the servers, we do everything there. And it's a family home. It's me and my girls and my boys will come in and, and work too. And um, we make very, very tasty want to find me and find out about me just hit molly's tings like i spelt it before i'm on facebook and you can see all my cute stuff if you want pepper sauce the pepper sauce i I bottle them as they are ordered and i mail them out to you and i put some fire in your life y'all hear that right (laughs) the thing about that fire though is that that fire has to sleep it's not just hot has flavor. Now, are you on IG as well, Molly? Instagram? Um, you know what? I stick with Facebook. Okay. I have Instagram and I need to maybe, it just feels like it's so many of these different social media. Sometimes yeah. it's just like, oh my God. Well, we'll talk about that IG because I can help you with that. We, okay. We'll talk about that and I'll give you a quick um, corner after we finish this recording. Okay, yes ma'am. Because yeah. <laughs> I would love to be able to uh, link, first of all, I need to order probably that honey and spice because I'm such a chicken. Uh, I'm sending you some, don't worry about it. You know okay. I mean? Listen girl, I'm, I'm such a chicken. Um, to I love hot food, I say that loosely. And then when I get it, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, I love cayenne, and I, but that honey and spice just kind of like, yeah, that that right there. Yeah, yeah. Honey, I'm hot. Yeah, honey, I'm hot. Okay. Yeah, I I think I need to try that and put that on my mushrooms or my cauliflower. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are my wings, right? But um, I need a new sauce. So, uh, (laughs) and if I do that, when I do that, uh, I'll put it on my um, Vegan Girl with Curse um, platform. Uh, yeah. I'll try it that way uh, and let everybody know how it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like when people tell me, oh, I like hot. And I said, now, you know, this is hot. Right, right, right. So don't, don't, don't get crazy. This one young lady shoved a spoon in her husband's mouth because he was like, oh, I like hot. I can handle it. She was like, what's the hottest? And I told her. He put it in his mouth. You could just see the it just raising up. He got red. Red, redder. 
<laughs> he was choking and, and 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 she said, "Here's some water, hun." And I said, "Not water." She said, "Shh." <laughs> I'm like, "No, you don't drink water no. when you're eating pepper. No. You drink something that's gonna, you know, calm it down, like no. yogurt or milk or something." Yeah. No, she gave him water. He was fired up. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay, Molly. So listen, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, I've had a wonderful time talking with you today. It has been beautiful. I'm sure that those that are listening are blessed by this um, discussion. Um, Many memories and reflections that you shared. I'm thankful. Thank you. I'm honored to have you in my space tonight. My pleasure. My sister, I love you very much. I love you too. So, So listen, everyone, this is your girl, Queenie. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you for joining me on another amazing conversation discussing um, inspiration and just having an intimate moment with our dear Molly Dryden Mason. Go out and check out Molly's teens. Uh, <laughs> um, see what she's got going on. Get your orders in and always continue to uh, aspire to inspire and continue to inspire those that are around you. Um, I'm thankful. I'm honored. I'm grateful to be sharing this space with you. Peace and love. Always your girl, Queenie. I'm out.